Welcome to another episode of the Outdoor Scholars Podcast, where you get a chance to learn all about the only program in the country that keeps students involved in the outdoors while educating them on career opportunities within the outdoor industry. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of Outdoor Scholars Podcast. This is William Crawford, the host of this show. This is our first episode for year two, season two of Outdoor Scholars Podcast, and we've got a great episode for you today. George, are you all right? <laughs> Man, it's just so funny because it's all staged. I'm sorry. <laughs> George is a little take two. <laughs> George is a little nervous this morning. He he's unzipped the jacket. He's getting all serious, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the hunt he went on in Louisiana uh, with Kyle Bearfield uh, and all things hunting. Uh, George took a really nice buck down there on this trip. We're going to dive into that in, in just a second, but. Uh, George, tell us a little bit about yourself, what year you are in the program. What, what, what do our listeners need to know about George York? Um, I'm a freshman this year. Uh, I'm from Helena, Alabama. I am going to major in business. Is that it, George? Is that, is that all we need to know? <laughs> what, what do you want to know? I'm about 5'10", <laughs> 150 pounds. Uh, I shoot a three oh eight. With Barnes TSX bullets, 150 grains. Uh, that's the blue tip one. Um, George, if you were a kitchen appliance, what would you be? I'd be a microwave. Why would you be a microwave? Because I get things done quick. All right. Just like that deer hunt, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Also with us today for this podcast, uh, we have Ethan Honaker. Ethan had the privilege of sitting with George, not to babysit, but just film uh, this hunt down in Louisiana, and uh, we're going to get both of them's perspective on things. But, Ethan, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are. Um, I'm Ethan Honaker. I'm a freshman here at uh, Montevallo, and I'm I'm getting into more of the filming side of things. As as things go along, I'm going to progress and end up changing my major and probably go more of that way. And I've been uh, privileged enough this year to go on four different trips and film some amazing people at some amazing places, and Worked out that afternoon that me and George were able to be in the right place at the right time when that deer come walking out. So, so Ethan's a, a very unique story. You know, a lot of times when when students come into our program, they really don't know what they want to do or or what direction they want to go. But but Ethan knew from the very beginning that he wanted to come in and and learn the the video and production side of of things and. He jumped right in from day one, grabbed a camera, and, and we've been rocking and rolling. He's done a really good job. Uh, you'll be able to see some of Ethan's work, plus this hunt uh, on season three of uh, Outdoor Scholars TV. That will be coming out here very soon. But uh, So this hunt every year that, that the program has taken down to uh, Arcadia, Louisiana, right outside of Monroe, with Kyle Bearfield. I think this is the fourth year now that we've been down on, on his place. He's been very gracious to the program to allow us through the years to come down and, and shoot deer and pigs on his place during the hunting season. And it's a really cool place down at Low Bear, uh, a really cool atmosphere. And it's always one of the most sought after trips that, that we've had. 
Uh, I think every year we've been, there's been at least one buck killed. Uh, there's always been several does and, and some pigs. So it's always an exciting trip. There's always a lot of action, and this year was, was no different. But, uh, George, kind of take us through, like, your thought process. When, when you were, were told that you were selected for this trip, what, what was going through your mind? Man, I was ecstatic. I was so happy to be going out of state for a, a deer hunt, especially on such a, a nice piece of land. So the night we got there, we uh, he took us through and just showed us everything on the property, like where we'd be hunting. And it was all medium pines with uh, long shooting lanes cut out into it. And so I knew that there'd be a lot of uh, bedding area around the fields, and we had a good chance to see a lot of deer. Um, I, it didn't play out that I saw a lot of deer that trip. I actually saw... I, I saw a few, but everybody else had a lot of really good luck. I fell asleep a couple times, though. Well, that, that may be part of it, George. Yeah. You, you've got to stay awake. Man, it was raining. That's another thing. It was raining all trip. It Right when it stopped raining, though, about two hours after the rain quits when I shot that deer. Um, my first day was, uh, it was, uh, let's see. Uh, we started off the morning real early. I got there about... I was the first one dropped off, so I was sitting there about 20 minutes before I could you're, even... You're not you're not afraid of the dark, are you, George? No, uh-uh. Not when I got a flashlight. <laughs> but uh, I was there uh, 20 minutes before I could even see in front of my stand, and there's stuff walking all around me, and I, I guess they just moved early that day. The moon had them doing that. But, uh... Now, that, let's let's pause right there. I, I've heard I wasn't able to go on this trip, um, and 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 Scooter went down with y'all, but the whole time I, as I'm checking in, seeing how you guys are doing, I I keep hearing about George York is is, is he's he's obsessed with this moon face thing. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that and and how you, you what, what what made you like that? Um, my dad has always been a moon phase freak. Uh, he used to buy the little moon dials that you could get at Mark's Outdoors for $5, and it'd tell you uh, A, B, or C if they're eating, sleeping, or just moving around. And uh, so the, he got that. The first one I remember is when I was about uh, six years old, and so we always followed it, and we've always had really good luck as well. We uh, Let's see. I killed my first deer on a moon phase that uh that we hunted specifically um i killed my last year on a moon phase that we hunted specifically well i, I you know y'all are only how, how many days were y'all there we were there uh we hunted what two days two days so I, I was told that that a couple of mornings you were wanting to sleep in because the moon phase wasn't just right yep george you're only there for two days yeah i uh it was raining the moon phase wasn't right in the morning but i knew that afternoon that uh that I shot the uh, the 12 point that it was supposed to be a good moon phase and the rain quit and so I was I was wanting to sleep in that was uh, Sunday uh, Sunday morning a scooter had to drag me out of bed it was I was not wanting to go well it it, it played out very similar to, to the same scenario last year when, when Levi took a really nice eight point down there it had been raining for it seemed like three days straight and we had a break in the weather right at dark and bam the deer started moving mm -hmm. and uh so it kind of played out the same way with with you guys so um even before we actually go into the the, the hunt with george and, and the day that he killed the the big 12 point um 
you know, w- when you were told or asked to, to, to go on this trip to, to film, uh, kind of what was what was running through your head as, as you were preparing for this trip? Um, oh, I remember exactly when I was asked if I would uh, be interested in going on this trip, and that was a definite yes because I was ecstatic to go to Louisiana and be able to go out there and, and, and see something different, maybe a little bit of change of scenery and, and experience a different thing, and we were able to stop at the Duck Commander place along the way and see a bunch of cool things and went out the night before, like you said, and, and, and I was just getting prepared for the fact of hopefully – been able to uh, be fortunate enough to sit with the person who who shot the big buck because we figured that was going to happen. But with four different people and and one cameraman, we split it up to where I'd sit with everybody once. And it just the first day we picked who I was sitting with and what hunt. And so it just the Lord allowed us to be <laughs> me and George to be together the afternoon that his deer came out. So it all it all worked out perfect. So you'll, you'll get into the stand on, is it the last afternoon? Yep. yep. So the last afternoon, you hadn't seen a whole lot of deer. There's already two yeah. deer in the green field when we walked yeah, out. Yeah, there's two. We thought two one was spikes. A, yeah, we thought one was at least a doe. And so we got down. And so I was I was layered up because I knew it was supposed to also get cold that night. And so I get down on the ground, and it's been raining for two days straight. And so I get my top layer. I, I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm not going to worry about my top layer getting wet. We're about to leave anyway. I'm about to shoot something. And so I get down, and I see it's two spikes. The first thing I think is, oh, I'm going to be cold. Oh, it's going to be so cold this afternoon. And so we uh, we get up. We scare them out of the field. They just run off into some short pines. And uh, so we get up in the stand, and to say the least, the interview process was uh, lengthy, not quiet, and funny. It was funny. So what you're telling us is we really need to tune in to Outdoor Scholars TV when this episode airs. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. We definitely should. Well, you, you know, for whatever reason, talking about Outdoor Scholars TV, it seems like every episode that we air that has a, a, a big buck killed on it, that, that that tends to be the most watched and most viewed uh, episode of, of any of the ones we have every season. and. I wonder if this one's going to be any different. I mean, you're you're the George York. It may just blow <laughs> the ratings out of the water. Oh man, that'd be that'd be something. I I hope so. So so y'all get up and stand. Y'all do an opening interview. Are y'all seeing any other deer before this deer walks out? Mm-mm. So here's the moon phase. Okay, moon phase is that I think it was 65 percent. It had the major feeding time at 4:02 in the afternoon to 5:36 in the afternoon. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and so I, I told Ethan, I was like, man, you be, you better get ready right here around four. We're going to have something. We're going to have something on the field. And he just laughed and he was like, whatever. And, uh, so to give you a layout of the field, it's a, uh, it's about a 400 yard long field and there's a stand right in the middle of it. It's just a straight line about 30 yards wide with, uh, tall pines out in front of us. And then we're, we got medium sized pines behind us. And so, uh, about, 340-ish, uh, we started hearing stuff moving around in the tall pines across from us, and uh, so we uh, we were getting ready, and you know, just we were high alert then at that point, and uh, then so four, about four o'clock rolls around, and I just so happened to look up from the game I was playing on my phone. <laughs> what game were you playing, George? I was playing uh, Bottle Flip uh, 3D. Were you winning? Uh, I was doing pretty good. Okay. All right. Yeah. So go ahead. And so I was, uh, 
I look up. I said, Ethan, don't move. Big deer. And he, you know, he looks at me. He's like, what? And he turns around. And the first thing he does is throw the camera over his head right after I told him not to move. <laughs> and so I was already getting my gun up. I was like, man, I, I need this deer more than he needs this film. <laughs> just looking at it. And uh, so luckily the thing just, he just didn't pay any attention to all the noise and ruggers we were, we were making. And so he, uh, uh, Ethan gave me the go-ahead after he got on him, and uh, so I flipped my safety off and uh, I double-shouldered him. So he on, he didn't go far at all. He was about 15 yards out of the field. He ran into the medium pines, and uh, so we're thinking that. So in the tall pines, we uh, the guy who had hunted there that morning, Jordan, he uh, he shot a deer and it walked out in the same exact place. And there just so happens to be a big old scrape that was right off the field, right on that trail that they were walking in on. So we're thinking he was probably checking uh, checking the scrape and then walking in the field and just to look around. And uh, so I get, we were just lucky enough to to be there when he did it. But you were talking about that that Jordan was there and and he took a doe that that morning. Uh, uh, he shot a uh, seven, yeah. seven or eight point. Seven point. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's what it was. Was mm-hmm. was a small, smaller buck than yours because you're George, George George York. <laughs> uh, but did 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 you think going into that 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 he he had spooked the area or or that you weren't really going to see anything? Cause well, the uh, the rain that morning definitely played a factor, washing all that scent out and everything, and just kind of clicking the reset button on the whole day. Yeah. But something interesting about the deer is that two years before, uh, Kyle's wife actually shot that same deer, shot it uh, right here in the brisket, you know, and uh, it, they said they tracked it 800 yards with dogs and everything. Uh, there's a blood trail, whole shebang, and they just never found it. They hadn't seen it on a trail camera in two years, and he walked out at 4 o'clock in a greenfield. He found out George York was there. I know. There's, Scooter keeps on telling me the deer had CWD and just wanted to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that 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 deer did have some uh, cool history on that that farm, and and I remember when when Kyle's wife had shot the deer because it was two days before we got down there, and mm. and Kyle had told us, hey, there's this really big deer going around that that his wife had shot that they hadn't found, so he really thought one of us would see him and and we never did and like you said he he stayed disappeared for for two years mm-hmm. and uh so you know all of that the storyline that that hunt with kyle and his wife was also filmed they have footage of, of the whole story so i can't wait to see this episode of outdoor scholars tv to see the whole full picture and the whole full story of, of this deer and uh, uh it, it'll be a very exciting one for for sure so when this deer walked out, did you have any idea what he was? You just knew he was a big deer. All I saw, so he had the sun at his back. So all I saw was just rack. That's it. And it was just, and I knew he was going to die right when I saw him. I just knew it. Uh, I just knew I had to pull the trigger on this one. I saw he was about three inches outside the ears on both sides. And he had some time length, or some decent time length. So I, I didn't know that he even had a kicker. I didn't know he was a twelve point until after when Ethan was telling me that he's that he knew the whole time and just didn't tell me. Well, and it's probably a good thing that you didn't know all that. Oh, yeah. Or you, or you may not have double double shouldered him. Yeah, I mean I was shaky enough as as is. Well, 
was that was that your biggest buck to date? Absolutely, by by far. And and was that your first deer to take on film? Uh, yes, it was. So it was just a a, a hunt of many first. Absolutely. Uh, well, well, Ethan, when when you put your eyes on the deer and 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 you're sitting here filming and and you're fairly new to this, you've been doing it for about six seven months now. What's running through your mind and and trying trying to get footage, but yet also trying evidently you know with the camera you're you're focused in on the deer and you're probably looking at the antlers and but you don't want him to to know everything that's going on because you just want him to make a good shot and stay calm and and under control. But what's going through your mind as you're trying to film this and not not mess it up? Um, it, it was it was some of the most pressure and some of the most excitement I've ever had without the rifle in my hand when. Uh, we had we had faced opposite directions in, in the box stand so we could watch both ways, and uh, and when he told me there was a deer, I, I didn't even I didn't even look and I just continued to pay attention to where I was facing and I had my camera arm in front of me, and uh, and then he tapped me again. I was like, dude, no, there's a monster buck. And and when I saw the all the color in his face had left, I turned <laughs> around and saw the deer. And as soon as I saw him, I I knew what was going on. I knew how big this deer was and. The, it, it it is a miracle that we didn't scare that deer off me trying to get turned around get the camera over my head and yeah. but uh i was able to get zoomed in and, and look at the horns and and the first thing i saw was that nine nine and a half inch drop tine he had coming off his right side and and uh i told george I said, it's a good deer you know and i told him i was on him and took a couple steps and turned broadside and I honestly was just as excited as I think George was for him to pull that trigger because it was it was also the first deer I was able to get good footage of and get good film of. So I was nervous in the fact of George missing because I wanted everything to work out perfect. And uh, but no, when I laid when I laid eyes on that deer, I told him I, I told him after he shot the deer, I said that's a 130, 135 inch deer you just shot. And uh, he had no idea. He was like, what is he, an eight point? And I was like, no, buddy, that's a 12 point. And I was like, he's got big old drop tine on his right side. And, and uh, he couldn't even contain himself. He wanted to get out of stand so bad. And we had heard him get that uh, crash. But it was exciting for me to run up there and get my hands on him too as well, even though I wasn't the one that pulled the trigger. I felt like I had something to do with it. And it was it's definitely going to be a special hunt for me for the rest of my life to remember back on. Yeah, and, you know, what you said just a minute ago, you were just as excited to, to be a part of that and to film that as if you would have shot it and and you know I, I'm the same way I know last year I was filming Levi when he, when he took his big eight point and uh, even the morning before we were sitting in the same stand that, that you were sitting in George when you took this deer and he killed a doe and that was his first deer that he'd killed in seven years and uh, to just be a part of that 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 was a lot of fun for me as well and uh, so I'm 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 very uh, excited and proud for both of you guys for for doing what you had to do, carrying out your, your job, your task, and making it happen. Because uh, it was definitely a, a cool hunt, uh, and I know Kyle was probably excited too that that and shocked that this deer has shown back up after. Uh, after I hope two he years. invites us back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he definitely you could see you could see the shock when he pulled up and saw that deer, and he knew exactly. He went straight to it and said, mm-hmm. "If this is the deer, I think it is. He's gonna have a scar and." Mm-hmm. flipped him over sure and enough. sure enough he had a scar right across his chest and that's when he went into telling us the whole story and the history of this deer which is really cool to me when people can have history with something like that and the fact that that deer was not only wounded it was wounded over a mile and a half away and he hadn't had he hadn't seen the deer in two years and so he had just thought he was going to find the he told us he was just expecting one year during turkey season to find that deer dead somewhere but 
He uh, he is dead now. He did find him dead, but it wasn't by uh, the bullet that his wife shot. So. Mm. Well, I, I saw Kyle about two, three weeks after that hunt uh, at ATA this year, and, and he was he was just as excited as you were, George, about it and about the story and that, that he was able to see it again. And, and uh, you know, Kyle's been so gracious to, to the program over the last couple of years and inviting us down to, to hunt his family farm and uh, you know, that's that's how we get to do what we do and going out on all these hunting and fishing trips is having people like Kyle that, that donate these opportunities for our program and our students. And, and we're very thankful for, for all of them to, to do so. So, so George, where is the deer right now? Right now it is with uh, Paul Witt in Belmont, Mississippi, getting uh, getting turned into a mount. It's, uh, it's going to be semi-sneak looking. It's going to be semi-sneak right turn. I just talked to him yesterday, actually. Is that is that how he came out when you shot him? Uh, actually, he was the opposite. He was semi sneak left turn. Well, they call it right turn, even if they're, it's weird. It took me <laughs> it took me like ten minutes on Google to figure all that out. So yeah, but I mean that's pretty much the way he was facing. Hey, I think I think we've got a, a spot on the wall here in the lodge for him. <laughs> I, if you want him over here, I'd be more than happy to leave him here for a couple of years. <laughs> we might we might put put him in here just to tell the story and, and have people come in and, and yeah, see it. That'd but, be yeah, that'd be good. Well, well, guys, I I uh, am glad to sit down and and hear firsthand. This is actually my first time to sit here and actually talk to both of you together and 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 hear the story. I know I've watched the footage. A couple times and, and have talked to you you know by yourself but but getting the start to finish this is my first time so uh, thanks for for sharing that and and uh, this will be a great uh, first episode of season two of Outdoor Scholars podcast so uh, that'll wrap us up for uh, this episode check back with us soon to see where in the world we may be and what in the world we may be doing if you enjoyed today's podcast, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button. Also, it would really help us out if you would rate and review. Be sure to come back often for a new episode of Outdoor Scholars Podcast.